0: Hey, everybody. Kelly and I are super excited to announce our very first live podcast event. If you are in the suburban Philadelphia area, we'd love to have you join us on Monday, April 29th at AWeber in Chalfont PA. You can head to our website, doinggoodbusiness.com. It'll click you straight through to the Eventbrite link where you can get your tickets to this free event. We are bringing together four area leaders in the Buxmont area. Hope Bear, the Chief People Officer of AWeber. Diana Asbury, the marketing director of WorkZone, Kevin Nolan, president of Nolan Painting, and Jim Bishop, president and CEO of the Cornerstone Clubs, we are talking about how to put a culture mindset to work in your business. This event is jam-packed with leaders that have a real focus on culture in their organizations. It improves retention, and it doesn't have to cost a fortune. Kelly and I are going to be moderating the discussion. We're going to have light refreshments featured by A Weber, and we can't wait to see you there. Join us on Monday, April 29th, and again, doing goodbusiness.com for tickets to the free event. We'll see you there. Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Hey, everybody, welcome to Doing Good Business. Kelly and I are here today and, uh, If I am correct about myself, I'm going to guess that at a certain point, neither of us is going to be able to say this word, (laughs) but today we're talking about consciousness, and I'm going to start out strong by saying it correctly, Um, and consciousness, so the dictionary or in this case, let's get real, the internet, defines consciousness of being, the state of being awake and aware of one's surroundings, the awareness or perception of something by a person. The fact of awareness by the mind of itself around the world. Okay, so that last one is totally obtuse and makes no sense to me. But if we think about the state of being awake and aware of one's surroundings as the dictionary definition, how do you apply that to business? We're glad you asked. That's right. (laughs) We've got some answers for you. So Kelly actually introduced me to the concept um, of conscious capitalism, which was not something that I had heard of before, and I obviously have my own ideas of what consciousness means as it comes to leadership, but Kelly, I was going to say, since I just kind of mentioned that, why don't you explain in case our wonderful listeners like me don't know about the concept of conscious capitalism or or what it is? Absolutely.
1: I would be happy to do that. Um, Conscious capitalism is an organization that's been around now for a while that supports Companies that want to make a world a better place. In fact, you know, if you read how they describe it, it's a way of thinking about capitalism and business that better reflects where we are in the human journey, the state of our world today, and the innate potential of business to make a positive impact on the world. So again, this is one of these organizations that's supporting companies that want to be more responsible, mm-hmm. that are conscious, right, intentional right. about what they're doing, and giving them framework community, events, um, support, uh, support mm-hmm. in how to do this. So Conscious Capitalism, actually, they have a, a credo and they have the four tenets um, that is their way of elevating leadership. And it's around having a higher purpose, mm-hmm. the why. Mm-hmm. Right? So the, the why has been important to them for a long time. It's about having that stakeholder orientation, which, you know, I talk about a lot, The all of the people essential to your success right. orientation. It is not just the shareholder. It is not just the customer. It is not just the employee, Mm -hmm. right? It's everyone plus the planet. Um, leadership number three is leadership that focuses on we instead of me so Mm -hmm. you start to see a lot of that servant leadership Mm -hmm. and authenticity and bringing out the best in your team and then also culture that embodies the values principles and practices underlying the social fabric of a business and this signals how the business is done And we talk about culture a lot and like building culture this is why it's important when you're doing business intentionally yeah and of course we know businesses that aren't they're just out there to make money. They're slinging hash. They're making money. <laughs> right? They're doing their thing. And um but when you're really doing it intentionally then you you understand how culture is so important to all of that. But mm-hmm. all, all four things. The higher purpose, stakeholder orientation, we not me, mm-hmm. and um we actually live our values. I don't Have know
0: a so I love when you had said we, not me, when it pertains to leadership, because I was talking, I don't even know where, but recently I was talking to somebody about the concept of leadership and just talking about how the idea of manage everybody the same way, because that is equality, mm-hmm. is long out the window you know that is gone and you know i know i don't know a lot about the um, childhood education field but that is apparently mirrored in the classroom Mm -hmm. we are not teaching children in the same way so this really sort of supports that concept of every person on your team is an individual they each need to be managed in a Mm -hmm. way that they can understand and they can grow and they can perform to their best ability which is very much we not me, because a me mentality would be like, I'm the leader, (laughs) or as my mom used to say when I was a kid, I'm the mommy, that's why, (laughs) you know, like, I'm the boss, that's why, and then it would just be unilateral, so everybody's one-on-one would look the same, everybody's performance reviews would be the same format, everybody would be expected to have the same skills and knowledge and abilities, and that's just not reality. Very
1: outdated. First of all, and it's a very tall
0: order for any business leader, as
1: it is for any teacher. I'm glad you made that reference, because if you have a classroom of 22 children, it's very hard to deliver that kind of personalized instruction. Right. Um, but I think, you know, we have a lot of tools and leaders are figuring that out and, mm-hmm. and how to do that in effective ways that again, it opens it up. And we've, we've talked about this in a previous podcast. If you have a diverse workforce, mm-hmm. even if it's just diverse in thinking styles yeah. right, in how people learn, we hope it's more than that, but even we if hope it's more than that, thank <laughs> you. Yes. And, um, But even if that's all it is, then it's important to bring out those differences in those people. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to make everybody, you know, all the square pegs line up, you're missing out then on all of the Round pegs. The round pegs, mm-hmm. exactly. And mm-hmm. the great ideas that they bring or the different ways of doing something or how they can flip something on their heads and say, hey, what about this? And yeah. maybe the square peg wouldn't have understood, oh, I see it now, right? Yeah. So it's it's in the leader's best interest to try to bring some of those things out. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. So um, I will jump in and just talk about when I think you know of. That's
1: why I just completely oversimplified that really big.
0: <laughs> absolutely. That's what we do here. We oversimplify things, or we take something that sounds really simple and we pick it apart. and We make it super complicated. <laughs> there is no middle ground with us, folks. No middle ground at all. It's too extreme. So yeah, here we that's are. how we are. Um, so when I think of consciousness and I think about it as it comes to leadership, I immediately think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So yeah. the very top level, and if folks aren't familiar, I'll link to uh, an article that explains it in the show notes. But it's basically it looks like a pyramid. And it's five levels, and Maslow, you know, one of the oldest known names in the field of psychology, but he talks about the stages of basically human development. At the very foundational level, we have the physiological needs, so food, clothing, and shelter. Everybody needs those things and able to be, you know, survive, essentially. It's like basic survival level. So one level up, then you have safety, which is things like personal security, employment, access to resources, you know, hopefully good health, you know, some sort of property or dwelling. So that would be the safety level there's other levels, love and belonging and esteem. The top level or the fifth level is self-actualization, which is the desire to become the most that one can be. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the woo-woo spaces, which I totally love to dip a toe into, a lot of people talk about that as far as, um, you know, like spiritual health and spiritual development and yes. spiritual progression. But in the business world, I really think that this concept of consciousness is that top level. If I were to design you know, O'Lara's hierarchy of business needs, you know, the consciousness of a leader would be at the top level because and mirroring Maslow, you can't have, uh, the self actualization. If you don't have love and belonging or safety mm-hmm. or just basic physiological needs. And the same with leadership, you can't be a conscious leader, the type of leader who is going to manage each person individually mm-hmm. and who is going to have a quadruple bottom line or to have a social mm-hmm. impact or to live their values or to create a good culture. You cannot do those things if you have not done your, your bottom level of the pyramid of work. So if you're mm-hmm. not good on okay. you know, the food, clothing, and shelter, if you don't have you know safety needs. We talked about psychological safety a couple episodes Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Well, if you don't feel like you belong, if you're not in a corporate culture where you mm-hmm. belong, you can't ascend to this level of consciousness as a leader, which would be the Maslow's equivalent of self-actualization.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. I agree. And I'm, I have I benefit of, of looking at the pyramid right now. Um, and so I'm looking at that and I'm thinking in the workplace, when you think about like the physiological means, you know, if you work in a place that the facilities are mm-hmm. really not well maintained, mm-hmm. you're starting to talk about some of those basic practices right there, you know, is your air clean, Clean, right? Yeah. It, right? So there are things like that. But again, the personal security, we talked about the psychological safety, but the actual mm-hmm. physical security in the building, right. you know, is this a, a building that's safe? Um, and yeah, definitely the community, you know, I, I love to have that sense of belonging in an organization because I think that does make the work better for everyone. Right. And when we talk about self-actualization, it's not necessarily, and I think you alluded to this, correct me if I'm taking your thought in the wrong direction, but I think, you know, it's not necessarily about helping me as an individual become my very best person, Mm -hmm. but it's helping me to become self-actualized in terms of engagement.
0: Yeah, I think that is true. And I think that if you equate, you know, if I think of consciousness as a leader, it is the ability to deliver at my highest level mm-hmm. and to uphold my company's values and to right. put the, you know, right people in the right seats in their organization and do the the best work that they can. Right. And I think that you made a great point about the company needs to have all these things too, like the company and the facility needs to mm-hmm. be meeting people's physiological needs, there needs to be safety within the team, there needs to be belonging with the organization, there needs to be esteem individually. And I'll take it even to a more granular level. And that I think leaders need to do that for themselves individually. You know, leaders okay. need to take care of their own needs and make sure they have their own, Absolutely. you know, when we get to, you know, love and belonging, one of the things I love, and I totally nabbed this from Brene Brown, but she talks about your one one inch by one inch piece of paper, and I love to do this exercise with my clients and just ask them to take out that one inch by one inch piece of paper and only the two or three names that fit on that are your people whose opinion really matters. Okay. So if you think about your own esteem, which that's is Maslow's exercise. level four, you know, your esteem is, that's a great exercise to help, how, help you figure out how to filter out the noise. Mm-hmm. And as an individual leader, you've got to be able to do that because you're getting input and feedback and blah, blah, blah from everywhere, but you can't rise to that level of conscious leadership if your esteem is in jeopardy. So that's a great exercise to do to make sure Mm -hmm. that your personal esteem is okay Mm -hmm. so that you can then lead in a conscious way. But also the company has to have, you know, good esteem because otherwise we're not going to even support a leader that wants to lead in a conscious way. So
1: true. And we talked about that, Mm -hmm. you know, in a recent episode that it's, it's that personal responsibility where if you see, that a leader is trying to do something good, support them, yeah. right? And recognize that the leader is also a person yes. and going through these things yes. as well, just as a different level, different level of responsibility, different level of contribution that that person makes, yep. but still a person
0: yes, at the end exactly. of the day. It turns out right? we're all human. Although <laughs> I used to work with somebody and a friend of mine <laughs> remarked, she, um, this person was very... Um, Seem to be devoid of feelings until every once in a while a feeling would leak out, and one of my coworkers at the time would look at me and say, Oh my gosh, the robot has tears. But for the most part, we are all human, and even that person. At least human. for the
1: time being. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Until the implants
0: start to fully engage. But exactly. Yeah. That's too funny. Well,
1: no, I, I think these are really great points. And when I think about consciousness in business, you mm-hmm. know, and as a practice, to me, it's all about intention. Yeah. You know, where do you want to go with this? Why are you in business? Because it really does. You know, I hate to just kind of bang that drum on the Oh, bang the it away, Kelly. Drum it line. does. It comes back to why are you in business? And really, for me, that's about how do we create real value for others? Mm-hmm. And real value, I've always defined that as how can we be more useful to someone, improve someone's life, life in a meaningful way? And even if that's B2B, you know, how are you providing a, a product or a service that really helps someone do their job better, faster, stronger. And I know lots of times we talk about, oh, you know, you've got got to fix their problem, or, you know, you've got to find their pain points. Sometimes it's an aspiration, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just want to go to a next level, and it's not necessarily that you're fixing something that's broken. But whatever that is, do it in a really thoughtful way. Mm -hmm. A. Blinken, right? Whatever you are, be a good one. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of thing. And then I think to answer that question is... How are we creating real value for others means intentionally with purpose, Mm -hmm. consciously shifting from a what's in it for me business mindset uh, to how can we create that value while bringing out the best in our team? How can we strategically help to make a positive impact in society and how can we make our products and services environmentally friendly? And I think those are questions every every person in business should be asking because, you know, we're moving beyond just the, as you were saying, you know, everyone gets treated the same, right? It's evolving. How we bring out the best in our teams is evolving. We are also now talking not just about making a donation, but we're talking about making a difference Mm -hmm. in society. So our corporate giving, there should be some type of measurable impact Mm -hmm. around, you know, are we helping more students to graduate from high school? Are we getting more people employed in our workforce and understanding that, there's a big difference between providing support in times of crisis, like the hurricanes, right. Right? and getting people vital, essential supplies that they right. need for daily life, versus turning the ship on a systemic problem like poverty. Yes. Right? There are so many layers to that, and giving is appropriate, but then there are also structures that companies could start to put in place when they think strategically about it Mm -hmm. and that's what this kind of consciousness conscious intentional giving how am I making an an impact and the same thing with our products and services you know like Maybe 25 years ago, I'm not even sure. It was all about reducing your carbon footprint. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to reduce our carbon footprint. And then 10 years ago, it was all about being carbon neutral. Right. Well, all of those companies that have focused on sustainability 25 years ago, 30 years ago, when not many companies were focusing on it, they're talking about being carbon positive. Yeah. So if they're talking about being carbon positive... I'm here to tell you every other company should at least be going, wait a minute. Can we even get carbon neutral? Exactly. Mm-hmm. What are we printing? Are mm-hmm. we printing it on recyclable paper? What mm-hmm. are, are are these pens made out of You know, plastic bottles? Yeah. Like you have to start to ask those questions, or you may be left behind. Right, right. right. Exactly. But it begins with that intention.
0: So I'm so curious. There's probably not data on this, but if anybody's out there is, if anybody is a researcher and you know of data on this, please, please go to our website and, and contact us and let me know. But... When I think, Kelly, you are talking about, you know, the why of a company and why my brain goes to, why did you start your company? Right. And I would bet that there's not a whole lot of successful companies that started by somebody saying, I want to make a lot of money. Right. They although almost, there are some. But there are I, agree, some. I agree. I right. agree. And like then right. you go and figure out what's the problem um, I can right. solve to make a lot of money or what's the yeah. you know, whatever. Be a what's born. the product I can invent that's gonna sell a gazillion dollars. But I would I like to believe, and maybe this is, you know, my eternal optimism, but I would like to believe that even the huge companies that are maybe not doing great things in the world, at some point in their iteration, they started mm-hmm. with a strong foundation of Mm -hmm. I want to solve this problem and I want to do this good in the world and I'm just I'm so curious if there's data on the success of the companies that started with their like what good they want to do in the world versus Mm -hmm. I just want to make lots of money and I'm going to design you know like cheap jewelry and ship it overseas or something like that I don't know (laughs) no but
1: but I, I hear what you're saying and again my another shout out to those researchers I'll give you another Way to slice Research
0: that project. <laughs> Research project. Any researchers want to do some pro bono work for the doing good <laughs> exactly. business Exactly. Another That's way to
1: it. slice that data too would. It would be an interesting comparison to see how many of those are family-owned companies, too. Right, And, you know, just, and then how have they survived? Because we know that the success rates kind of plummet between Mm -hmm. generations, going even just from first to second, but first to fourth, it really drops down Hmm. a lot. So it would be interesting to just kind of put our uh, money where our mouths
0: are. (laughs) Right, right. You know, I think about there's been such a return to that, you know, even the behemoths like Mm -hmm. you know sc johnson you know Mm -hmm. that company that owns a gazillion Mm -hmm. different brands most of which unfortunately are poisonous chemicals but whatever i have seen a return in their marketing to one of the johnson family that's like we're a family-owned company we're sc johnson a family-owned company and
1: i just heard it and now okay i have to look it up while you're doing that
0: they just (laughs) changed their
1: tagline
0: oh interesting and
1: i noticed it on one of the few times i watched tv I um, saw their
0: commercial, and it is one of their leaders, and he is basically saying, you know, we're I'm a second, third, fourth generation, whatever, and they're a family company. Oh, there we go, a family company since says, 1886. Right. And they're and still then, privately held. They're not publicly they, traded.
1: I thought it said something about... We, right. do ret- See, what, it's,
0: oh, yeah. we do what's
1: right for people on the planet because our priority is improving lives. So they're tracking toward that, that, right? Mm-hmm. And so... And again, it has to be... Right. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm still reading here. What matters most is that we live up to the expectations of our children. So that's a quote uh, attributed to actually SC Johnson. Um, But this is why it has to be authentically being discussed, right? It is not just purpose washing. It's not just Mm -hmm. greenwashing. But you have to really think about how can we do this because the expectation among consumers is growing Mm -hmm. we know now the difference we understand and I think you and I talked about this before but I didn't always understand right in our products no my gosh go, you know sort all of this out but now that we do understand and Mm -hmm. sometimes some of it is hyped and sometimes it isn't but we do understand that um there are things in products that are hurting us right and And I think consumers are becoming
0: more educated so I'd actually be really curious I mean I don't know you know, one of the SC Johnson products is Raid. And look, if you need some Raid, there's probably Raid in my house right now. Because if, really, if I need it, I want to have it. But it's its interesting. How does that support this mission of, you know, doing good for people and the planet? Yeah. You know what? It depends I, on your perspective, I okay, suppose. Some
1: people... I'm making a note. I'm going to look them up more. And we're going to come back and, and talk about SC Johnson in a I different like it. episode, right? Because I like it. I want to say that, and I don't want to be misquoted, but I I want to say that they were doing something like plant-based or they were talking about the science of chemicals and things like that so you and some of those things are now naturally occurring yeah we don't think of it that yep. way so that's our promise yeah so
0: we're going to put it we're going to put a pin in that and we're going to see what it goes but it is just so interesting i think you know i use this analogy all the time and in in the late 90s all of the banks were gobbling each other up and mm-hmm. it was like okay at a certain point there's gonna be two banks Now you're starting to see the emergence of local credit unions and neighborhood banks, and they're starting to pop back up again. And I think now, I think healthcare is in the place now that banks were in the late 90s. Healthcare, they're all buying each other up. You know, around where we are, we've got um, Jefferson Health and Einstein Health, and, like, they're buying a lot of the independent practices up. I would bet, you know, fast forward another five or ten years, you're going to see things starting to pop up again that are small and local. Like, things are cyclical. The SC Johnson example came to mind because their marketing has switched to really being um, the family-owned companies at the forefront. And I do Mm -hmm. think that that's cyclical. Like, at Mm -hmm. first, everything was a small business at one point. You know, nobody starts out being a huge multinational behemoth. Everything starts out, you know, with a person in their garage coming up with an idea. Mm -hmm. But now I think that there's starting to be a return to values and educated consumers and people who are living more consciously – That want to know, you know, what ingredients are in their products or Mm -hmm. what is, what are the values of this organization? Mm -hmm. Tell me about who your leaders are and, you know, what does your, what are you looking at as the bottom line besides just a a traditional P&L? You know, what is your corporate social responsibility strategy? So I think it's a global, you know, and I like to, you can choose what you surround yourself with as far as news. So obviously I like to surround myself with news of these kinds of things happening in the world, um, but I am seeing a start of things moving in that direction. Well, to go down a woohoo path. Yes, please that do. That starts to shift the collective consciousness, right, Exactly. So it all
1: ties into that, exactly. right? Exactly. And I think you bring up a, a really good point. You know, I feel this way. There is really a lot that's good about business, and mm-hmm. I think those messages really do get drowned out. Yes. One, just there's a negativity bias, but two, because we've been conditioned to say. I exist so that I can solve your problem. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk to you about your problem right. all the time. And if we can just flip that conversation to, I am going to help you grow or do this better right. or build on your strengths, mm-hmm. right? That starts to shift the conversation. But I made a little list about some things that were good in business um, around invention. Yay! Right? Because we don't think about these I all love the a time. I love a heavy list. But you know that expression, you know, oh, that's the best thing since sliced bread, right? Well, business has made a lot of products and services available for consumption that make everyday life easier. I could not get throughout the day without my eyeglasses. I, <laughs> lo- I love a lamp mm-hmm. as much as the mess, best, best, mess. oh boy, next, next person. <laughs> I can say consciousness. I can I say next person. I think we have totally
0: nailed consciousness, but now we're just, yeah. Right.
1: Okay. I love indoor heating. Oh, yeah. It's another thing made possible yeah. by business, right? Mm-hmm. And the toothbrush. I read, oh, um... Problem. I think it was Booker T. Washington attributed, he felt that the toothbrush was the single most important invention. because mm. I think he was already like 12 years old or something. And of course, he was already acting like a full blown adult. Mm. He had, you know, he was making his way in life. And he really attributed that toothbrush is like giving him the confidence the first time he was able to brush his teeth. He literally felt like he could do anything. Aww. Something we overlook. Yeah. Right? So that makes life easier. Uh, there are a lot of products that make life more fun, like skydiving, popcorn machines, 9 million. Or indoor skydiving. Indoor are sky enough to have here. around here. Exactly. Yeah. Things uh, that make fun. life more interesting. And there was a great list that um, we'll include in the show notes. But it's the multi-sectional skillet, a foam that sticks to all types of surfaces. Uh-huh. Right. So they had hundreds of these little gizmos and products. Well, not hundreds in full disclosure. It's <laughs> 20. But we'll include that list. And then some that are just plain
0: funny, like the Pet Rock. Oh, I had a pet. And rock. the Floby. Oh, Floby. <laughs> so, if you were a rock. victim of Floby haircuts, please contact <laughs> your nearest <his> mental <laughs> health professional.
1: <laughs> I have two stepsons who were
0: is Oh, so, like Kelly's
1: husband. Anywho, we're holding it as like a scientific relic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it is actually up in the attic. <laughs> it's probably worth the money on eBay. And sure it is, right? But we're holding it on onto awesome. it. So, but to your point. People start businesses for different reasons, and this is kind of looping back to the why. And the flow bait, right? So that was an invention around here's a different way to cut hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the chia pet, silliness. Mm-hmm.
0: They're still, I mean, right? you still see them for you sale in I can't believe ours, Walgreens. I, mean,
1: I was little oh, yeah. when they were
0: advertising
1: oh, yeah. the first chia well, pet. Well, I mean, the ones.
0: You can get an Obama chia head, you can get a Trump exactly. chia head, you can get a anything, lot of different chia Anything you need. Ch-ch-ch-chia. And
1: when I think <laughs> I think about the pet (laughs) rock. I'm like, really? And I forget, but I watched a little show about that. And I'm thinking, like, nobody woke up in the morning and said, you know what people are missing from their lives? Pet rocks. And I'm going to go solve that pain for them. I know. No, but he just did something fun. It caught on. And every once in a while. Mine lived in a yogurt
0: container. I had my pet rock. It lived in an empty yogurt (laughs) container. I put some tissues on the bottom so it was comfortable. All oh, glimpsed no. into my psyche here, tell I <laughs>
1: love it. So those are just yes, there's there's some only types. <laughs> yeah, um, I hear you, sister. <laughs> um, but those are just things that happen that someone still intentionally made the decision. I'm going to do this. This yeah. pet rock sounds like fun. And look at the joy right. that it brought. Right. right? So that's a <laughs> good and wonderful thing. And um, the toothbrush, right? These Thank God things. we and have the toothbrush. Exactly, Thank business. Wonderful things that... You know, and obviously this is a smidgen of what's really out sure. there, but just to kind of give everybody an example of there are good things that are being out, that are already out there mm-hmm. that can be improved upon, that bring real value, and sometimes bringing real value is making somebody's life fun for finding companionship. Like your pet <laughs> rock. Like
0: your pet rock. But <laughs> I also, you know, I also think, and I'll try and like rein it in and get back to the topic at hand, <laughs> I think that business is here to stay. So why not? Right, like, (laughs) or we'll be out of a podcast. Why not do what we can to raise, you know, you mentioned collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. Why not do what we can to raise the collective consciousness of business? We have seen things like, you know, we have companies that have corporate social responsibility that they give back, they are values driven, they do, you know, values based hiring, they're second chance employers, all of these things. Why not do what we can with what we've got? Like I always say to people, you know, it would be nice if, you know. I'm just going to pick on healthcare again, but you know, like, look, for-profit healthcare is a thing. Is it the greatest thing in the world? Personal opinion? Not so much, Right. but it is what it is. So why not make it the best that we can from within Mm -hmm. than trying to throw stones at it from the outside, which is Mm -hmm. not always an impactful way to make a change. So raising the level of corporate consciousness, whether you're a leader and that means tending to your own, you know, Maslow's pyramid and making sure that your foundational needs are met, you know, beyond Mm -hmm. food clothing and shelter, I'm assuming if you're employed as a leader, you've got that checked. But, you know, looking at your safety, looking at your level of belonging and your level of love and your esteem, making sure that you're all set with those on a personal way so that you can lead at a conscious level. Mm -hmm. And then when you talk about the company and the stakeholders and the decisions that they make, how do we want to do this in a conscious way? How do we connect to our why and our intention and the excitement that we had when we started? Absolutely. And, and I think it is. It's evolutionary,
1: and that's just the way life is, yep. right? My father's fond of saying we used to go out west in wagons. We don't do that anymore,
0: right? <laughs> I so, love Kelly's <laughs> dad
1: quote. So things just change. Yeah. And that's what I like about, you know, what I read earlier from Conscious Capitalism is that it's about capitalism and business that better reflects where we are in the human journey. I'll just stop there. I mean, mm-hmm. they go on state of the world, you know, innate potential, but it just reflects where we are in the human journey. And as... We evolve and become more aware mm-hmm. personally, right? We can do that professionally as yep. well. Bring that into the organization and look at it. Look at life through that fresh lens mm-hmm. of what if. Well, right. you know, I'll go back to that. What if you could, right? right. So, um, but what what if we created a product that now uses, you know, ha- has is more carbon positive? Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Because if not, wouldn't it be kind of boring if we all just kind of got into some slump where we just kept creating products and services enough. the way we
0: always used yeah, to? it's good enough.
1: There are some things that are never changing. And that's okay. I'm a big fan of baking soda. And it's that little box. It's yep. the same white powder. I get it. I have not researched it enough to know really where does it come from and are we doing some harmful things by taking it out of the earth or making it? But it does so much. Yeah. It does so much. It's so versatile. Mm-hmm. What if you looked at your products or your services that way, especially your products? How can you how can you make the same product but make it be more versatile? Right. So that it has an extended life. Planned obsolescence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm old way of thinking right you know so how can you extend the life of something or expand the life of what you're doing and i think that these are really great ideas when you're intentional about what you're doing yep conscious
0: exactly and as we always say it's another way to bring your whole self to work you know when you are on this personal development trajectory then being a conscious leader is a way to just continue that and bring it into the business world i love it awesome sounds great this has been consciousness we'll see you next week bye
1: everyone Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.